Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark. Second show of 2024. It is Monday, January 8th. Uh, a big week for the Canucks going on this big seven-game road trip, and they kick it off with a tough loss against St. Louis and then two big wins against two very good teams, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing tonight, Clay? Parker, I'm great. I'm great because the Canucks won. The Canucks beat a contending team. It could be a Stanley Cup preview, although I might be getting ahead of myself. And I'll give you props because you're too humble, or maybe you're not, to say it yourself. You nailed this week, man. You went three and one. Uh, or the, sorry, the Canucks went three and one. You went four and zero. Oh. Yeah, there's there's a saying about a broken clock that I think might uh, <laughs> might come into effect here. But every week we do predict um, the four or three or four Canucks games that are going to happen. And I do believe I said the Canucks would go three and one. And for some reason, they'd lose the game against St. Louis and find a way to beat the Devils and Rangers. That might be me just imagining things because I no. want to be correct. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, a good high scoring week. Three of the four games this week, the Canucks scoring six goals. Um, I mean, that's look coming into this year. The, the Canucks offense and the Canucks goaltending were their strengths. And yep. uh, they really lived up to that this past week. Yeah, six, six, six. Not my type of number, as you know, Parker. But uh, I'll take the the eighteen, uh, the eighteen goals, and then the the one donkey game on Thursday that I didn't watch. Thank goodness. But I know we're going to get into all four. But yeah, uh, uh, coincidental that twelve of the goals come after the lot of line gets put together, and they're responsible for eight of them. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, I think the Canucks need a number two center. <laughs> they're. Uh, Isn't that's, yes. That's yeah. something we'll get to because yeah, we're genuinely in. And we are talking about a team that is, as of right now, 26-11-3. Do you know how many games the Vancouver Canucks won in regulation last year? I'm going to guess the way you said it, 25. They won 24 in regulation oh. last year, and they have won 25 in regulation this year, and we are not even halfway through the season. Unbelievable. It's, a, it's such a crazy turnaround. This team has 55 points. Uh, they're on pace for... It's got to be what 112, I guess, because it's going to be double mm -hmm. plus a couple, um, a plus 50 goal differential, and <laughs> they have the highest PDO in NHL history. <laughs> like they are, they're such an unbelievably, I guess, lucky team, but also they find a way uh, to put teams down. And uh, yeah, that lotto line, uh, I think it was something like 14 points across the three of them in the past two games. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And if, if that line's going to work that well, I mean, yeah, you can go into games like New Jersey, like New York mm -hmm. and say, yeah, we're just going to outscore you. And, you know, yeah, you can score four. You can score three. Uh, <laughs> it might not be a game that the traditional Rick Tockett style of coaching might like. Um, but if it's working, it is a very fun watch. And I know I, I've been talking about my shows. I know we're going to talk about it too. What, how long do you keep these guys together? What does it mean for the rest of the lineup? But actually, Parker, it's actually 16 points. They they went eight tonight and they had eight on Saturday. So it's nuts. Maybe maybe not. Yeah, it's well, whatever. 14, 16, doesn't matter. It's 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 so good. Um, and it's kind of masking the fact that Suter, McCabe, and Kuzmikov done absolutely nothing, but we, we can talk about that later too. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll get to my thoughts on the second line because – I am starting to get really down, like far down the rabbit hole of, hey, if you can keep 46 and nine together. Yeah. Uh, and Kuzmenko and are, are some pretty good second line wingers. 
Yep. There's a hole there, right? There's a hole there. Yeah. There's a pew suitor shaped hole and, and not nothing. It's pew suitor. He's been fantastic this year. Yep. But man, if you could go up and pick a, pick up a second line center, like there's suddenly no holes in the top six, right? You suddenly have one of the best top lines in the league in Patterson, Besser and Miller. You'd have yep. a very good second line at Kuzmenko, Mikheyev and X number two center. You have <laughs> one of the best third lines in the league uh, in Bluger, Garland and Joshua. And then your fourth line, it, it's, it's fine, right? Um, yes. Niels Amon, you have Lafferty and you have uh, whoever else you want to put there. Like you can cycle guys in if you want to. Um, and then you couple that with, you know, a top five goaltending tandem in the NHL and you couple that with a pretty average defense with some star power. Yeah. That's a contender. Yep. And, and maybe we'll get into this Parker, but just in case we don't, I, I want to throw this out there now seeing Susie and Zadora play together for the first time. Remember Susie uh, Zadora didn't play on Saturday. This defense is big. It's big between Myers, yeah. Zadora, Susie and Cole who's not tall, but he's thick as a, whatever you think is thick. Heronic's not small. Hughes is small, but who cares? He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, he doesn't have to be big. Like, I can't remember a time that the Canucks defense was this big yet skilled. Like, they're not amazing, but like you said, they're certainly competent. They are certainly um, NHL ready. Maybe they, you want them to beef up the depth a little bit, but they're big. I, that's what I noticed today with their reach and just rubbing guys out on the boards. Um, something we haven't seen in a while. Gone other days are Ben Hutton and Derek Pouliot and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time we've seen this D healthy, right? The top six yeah. Canucks D are the top six that are in the lineup. You know, Noah yes. Juleson comes out. And, and hey, all credit to Noah Juleson for the way he turned things around, right? Like that yep. the start of the season was pretty rough, uh, but he got better and better and better. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Ian Cole being big. He is, he is a little fire hydrant style, um, <laughs> a little stocky. But um, I mean, Carson Soucy tonight, right? I think I think his, uh, his last game against New Jersey, his first game back, there was a couple iffy moments, maybe a bit to get his his legs under him, but I mean, he made yeah. his presence felt tonight, right? There's that goal that he saved essentially right out of the crease. That was a, a really good play, and yeah, um, yeah, this you know this team now being essentially fully healthy, um, mm -hmm. you know they they just took out you know the the New Jersey Devils who maybe they're struggling a little bit and and they were without Jack Hughes, but you know, they're dangerous and they've seen that, you know, the Cucks have seen that in both their games against the Devils this year. They can, they can bounce back and, and fire some goals in quick. Uh, but the Rangers were essentially the mirror image of the Canucks on the Eastern conference side, right? Very similar records coming to this game, almost identical um, with the Rangers having one more win uh, essentially. And, and the Canucks made them, you know, they made Igor Shosturkin, one of the best goalies in hockey look bad. Uh, and they yeah. made, uh, a very good Adam Fox look bad. Um, yeah, this team, this team's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of guys look bad, uh, Keandre Miller. Like, um, I, I joked, is he like minus eighteen tonight? Every time I saw, he was either sliding across. He did that Myers one on the PD goal. Like he was all over the place in a bad way tonight. He was bad. Yeah, he was a dash three. Uh, okay, <laughs> which is which is pretty tough. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll definitely we'll get more into this game for sure. sure. It is obviously sure. our you know it's it's very rare that we get to do this on a game night, uh, which yeah. is fantastic, and we're yeah. already at almost a hundred people in here. So thank you all very much for joining. Um, and a big thing from tonight that I just want to point out is is the defensive ice times for the Canucks, right? Yes, I saw um, that. Everyone above eighteen minutes and under twenty two minutes, uh, which is fantastic, especially on a seven game oh. road trip. Right, you got to get balance. those guys rested, and, and when you can get a, a lead like they did tonight, and just hang on, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. 
It is. It really is. Also beautiful. Fangirl, thank you for supporting us for 18 months. I didn't know, Parker, we had memberships for 18 months. So That's surprising. thank you. Fan- yeah. Thank you, Fangirl. We always appreciate your support across all the uh, this channel and both of our channels. We And game over, actually. every Everywhere Parker and I are, you are too. And that's a good thing. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So I, I figured the plan for tonight, the agenda that yep. we can put together. Um, we've got four games to go over. And uh, so that's going to take a good chunk of time. We'll spend a decent bit of time on the Ottawa game. We'll spend a little bit of time on the St. Louis game uh, and then <laughs> some good time on the Devils and Rangers. Uh, I want to talk about um, Elias Patterson's next contract, of course, with that William Nylander contract that got signed today, eight years, 11 and a half million per year. Uh, the yep. most expensive contract that uh, by just total value that the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever given out. Wow. Um, and what that I... means for Elias Pettersson. And, uh, and yeah, we can go into, yeah. What, what are the Canucks going to do at the deadline? Cause we talked about it a little bit last week, but now that this lotto line is, is together and, and they look fantastic, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. now, now there's a pretty decent slot that can be filled and, and really round this team out. Sure. So what you're saying is, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Busy night. Busy night. So let's get I'm ready. to it. I'm ready. All right. Let's start back last Tuesday. Ottawa coming into Vancouver, their single home game of the new year before going on that seven game road trip. And uh, the Canucks put up a five spot in the first period. And uh, it was just, this game was just so. Remember, you, I mean, we were both at the Luongo game, right? Yep, the the yep, game against yep. Florida. It had a very similar vibe for the last, in this case, the last 40 minutes as that one did the last 20 minutes. I remember that intermission. We were sort of sitting there like, we're just, we're good, right? It's up four nothing after two. Like, this is yep. just going to be a chill game the rest of the way. And the Canucks did something very similar uh, in this one. And it starts out with Ian Cole getting his first goal in a Canucks uniform with just a wrister that sort of yeah. gets through. Seeing eye a, shot, yep. About six, seven bodies, maybe in the way of of uh, of uh, Anton Forsberg being able to to make the stop. Um, but yeah, he finally gets his first of the year. Yeah, not much to say about that aside from good for him. Uh, yeah, did you say did you say it was over a calendar year? He hadn't scored since December twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's worse than me roller hockey. Even I score one. <laughs> <laughs> um so the Canucks have this one nothing lead and and you know it, it kind of relaxes for a bit the Canucks end up then scoring four goals in just over five minutes uh Great. it starts off with a Pew Suter goal which is just a uh, uh a really sweet play I mean the shot from the point uh sort of pops up in the air Pew Suter um somehow in one fell swoop grabs the puck with his right hand yeah. slams it right down to his stick and sweeps it in before anyone else knows where it is um, I mean, Pew Suter, like not advertised really is a high skill guy, but that's a high skill goal. Yeah. And, and you have to, I know we, we have to go pretty quick cause we have so many goals to talk about tonight, but that one, yeah, he didn't close his hand on, but you had to be skilled enough to grab it, but without closing your hand on it. Very skilled, very skilled. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And then the, the Canucks, uh, and I said, you know, four goals in just over five minutes. Well, they went four minutes between goals in there, that gap, <laughs> uh, cause they scored three goals in a minute and 19 seconds. Uh, Elias Pettersson gets on the board, uh, and this is the one where he tries to bank it in from the McDonald's logo below the goal line, um, <laughs> and it and Forsberg, I, I thought it was in beforehand, but it somehow stayed out, and Pettersson's yeah. able to reach around the net from behind it and just sort of and slam it in uh, to make it three to nothing. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about tonight, his his beautiful goal tonight, too. He is not afraid to go to the net, which is great. Obviously not the biggest guy, but um, he's a goal scorer, so he, he he gets to those places. Yeah, and that's a good, 
Like that that's been Elias Patterson's specialty. That's you know, yeah. I mean I said it, right? Like that's why I'm not too worried about him when he's in a slump. It's he's too smart to yep. for this to last that long. Um then uh shortly after that, while they're still announcing that goal, uh, we have a Zadorov point shot that uh just deflects off of JT Miller. Um, or I guess Miller tipped it and then it hit the Ottawa defenseman or, or something along those lines. It was a very bizarre double bounce that Forsberg had no chance on. Uh, to make it four nothing. That's his sixteenth mm-hmm. of the year. And the Canucks get a power play, and Elias Pettersson gets a goal that he's unhappy about. Uh, the one yeah, timer he... cross ice from JT Miller, which he fans on and goes off the uh, defender and in. Yeah, that and that was Corpusello that went in, right? Yeah, he, that was the first one that he let in. Yeah, you see, Petey looks disgusted. Like, be happy. Come on, like you're. You're you're good. You're you're lucky, and you're good. Both of those have to be true, and everything's yep. going in for him right now. It was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, you got to be good to be lucky in this league, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you can't get lucky that many times. Um, right, right. Ottawa battled back a bit. I mean, you know, Giroux scored a pretty nice goal in the second period uh, on a bit of a defensive breakdown. Uh, Terrace, they go to the third period, five um, one. Yeah. Another defensive breakdown that has Tarasenko on a backdoor wide open net to make it 5-3. And then Pew Suter scores one of the funniest goals possible. Um, Entering the zone from the blue line on a turnover uh, and just flips it towards the goal, I guess, so some guys can get a change or just run the forecheck, and it takes a weird (laughs) sideways hop uh, and goes in the net. If goalies don't smother those right on the hop, they, they can kind of knuckleball past you uh which is yeah it's kind of funny uh parker i'm not just saying this because i know the end result was a 6-3 win but um truly i wasn't that worried that we were going to lose this game just like the san jose game right before christmas i wasn't worried um that that i i think it's unrealistic to expect the connects to keep their foot on the gas for 60 minutes yeah. Like what, what do you do? What are you going to do? Try and win 50, nothing. No, they, they're professionals too. They, they try as well. So I wasn't worried. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, here we go again. Even New Jersey, which we'll talk about. I'm not worried. I don't know. Am I, am I being too flippant? And this team hasn't blown a lead after two periods at this year, right? Yeah, exactly. They've, they have until they prove otherwise, they're capable of yeah. holding on to leads. And, and yeah, you're up five, nothing after the first period, you know, you have a ton of travel ahead of you, a seven game road trip. I'm sure these mm-hmm. guys are thinking like, hey, yeah, we just had New Year's. We just had a break, but hey, we're, we can take it a little bit easy, right? Play decent structure. Worst case scenario, they come back and make it 5-3, and then Pew Suter ices it with the ugliest goal of all time, and <laughs> uh, and you're good, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if you win. Yeah, if you win 10 nothing or 6-3, you still get two points. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, before we move on to the, the next game, want to recognize a couple of these things before we get too far. Spartan with a $2 donation says Canucks finally learned to count. I think he's talking about no many men penalty, too many men penalties this year. Uh, Carol also acknowledging her long term membership. Thank you, Carol. We appreciate you. And Lee out of nowhere, $10 super sticker. Thank you, Lee. That's awesome. And the sticker is a number one fan sticker. So thank you very much, Lee. Uh, we do appreciate that. How do you see that? Where's that? Uh, it's It's in the actual YouTube chat. Um, okay. not in Streamyard yeah. here. Uh, I got. I actually have four screens in front of me, Parker, and I can't find anything. So, <laughs> okay. You got Thank too much everyone. going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the Canucks started the new year with a pretty simple, easy win. I mean, yeah, you look at the other things, right? Like, oh, shots were 38-26 in favor of Ottawa. But yeah, the Canucks sat back, right? Um, they, they dominated. They have the right to sit back uh, in games like that because they haven't blown any leads yet. 
Uh, and until they do so, it's a luxury that they've earned and a luxury that we sort of owe to them. Um, so the second game of the new year, January 4th, this was last Thursday. Bah. game I don't want to talk too, too much about. Uh, Canucks yeah. score two minutes in, and it's that yeah. third line who had been on a heater coming into it and continued mm-hmm. it here. Uh, fantastic forecheck. Garland makes a nice move on the zone entry, plays it down low for Dakota Joshua, uh, chips it over. Uh, to Teddy Bluger, who finds Garland all by himself in the high slot, uh, who just rips a one-timer and, and burns Jordan Bennington uh, to make it one nothing. A very just like this. This line is just they're just going. Yeah, two minutes in, we think this could be a romp, kind of like the Ottawa game, and it looked exciting. Actually, this is the one where I wasn't at because it was my daughter's a sweet sixteenth party, so we weren't there. Uh, we were watching it on our phones, which probably doesn't make me the best dad in the world. But but the the fact that they scored and. And of course, it's the third line, and it wasn't until the next game where we'll talk about the lotto line starting to dominate and being reunited. So up until basically this game, this was the uh, this was the line that, along with the the Pedersen by himself, was doing really really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, second period, uh, the Blues get one back, and it's just a defensive breakdown. All five guys sort of in the middle of the ice for the Canucks, um, and they find Pareko going down the right wing. He gets mm-hmm. the pass. He takes the shot. Uh, and that beats Demko to make it one one. Um was that a bad goal? Was that a bad goal or no? It was a bit of a defensive meltdown. Like all five Canucks were back and they just didn't pick that guy up. Um, <laughs> which is unfortunate because then in the third period, uh, we get a Robert Thomas goal, which is remarkably similar, right? All five Canucks are back in their own zone and they just lose a guy. Uh, Robert Thomas on the high right faceoff circle is just left by himself. He has an open shot and he beats Demko. Um, Demko is very good except for, you know, two prime scoring chances uh, that the Canucks allowed to guys essentially in the high slot. That's a little, I know Niels Amon was guilty on one of them. Maybe it was the second one there. I can't remember. Second one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Is that a coaching thing or is that simply you're just, you're not perfect all the time. I don't know, but yeah, two glaring errors for sure. Yeah. And I, again, they allowed two goals, right? I'm not too yeah. concerned about that. It, you can have a couple errors. You can give up a couple high danger chances. It happens every game. Um, but other than that, Demko is very good, right? Stop 30 or 32. Um, but the Canucks couldn't score. They scored two minutes yeah. into this game from their third line. Uh, and they've got, you know, Andre Kuzmenko in the press box in this game. Um, that's right. Which, that's right. You know, sort of gives you a feeling of, Hey, it would be really nice to have a guy like that when you're down a goal late. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Canucks just couldn't get anything going offensively. And and that's why we saw them go to, you know, loading up that top line against New Jersey. So we're basically thanking the blues whooping or beating us for our lot of line success. Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't go that far. I don't like losing <laughs> to Jordan Bennington. Uh, I hate him. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Yeah. I, don't hate him. I hate losing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. Uh, (laughs) um so that one was unfortunate and it it left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth but uh i think i did game over after this one and and my sort of sentiment was like that's right yeah the canucks didn't play terrible they just they just needed a goal and i was more upset about the kuzmenko scratch at that point because it's like man like for a team where coming into the year we thought the problem was going to be defensive and it it has been for the like wherever there has been a problem it has been on the defensive side but Canucks are one yeah. of the top teams in goals against. They're one of the top teams in goals for. They just couldn't get a goal that night when they needed one. Uh, was the mood in the stream like that night? Uh, it was. It was quiet. Yeah, <laughs> I would say yeah. there was a. It wasn't a big turnout. Um, Game over. Canucks after dark. Our own show is way more fun when the Canucks win. 
it's way more so fun. much more fun yeah, yeah. Uh, and we saw that uh, especially on Saturday uh, as the Canucks go to their second stop on their road trip in New Jersey. And uh, what a hot start in this one. Um, actually, not sorry, not a hot start. This is second period, not the first period. Uh, <laughs> but the Canucks did have a hot start. They absolutely dominated the first period. Shots were 18 to 5. It was one of those ones that was sort of scary. Uh, I remember a game uh, against Minnesota maybe a month, month and a half ago where Minnesota <laughs> dominated the pace of play and the Canucks got the first goal and, and you know, things just turn around. Uh, but the Canucks go out and absolutely dominate the New Jersey Devils, outshoot them 18-5 to in the first period, just can't get anything to go. I think there was a goal in the first that got overturned in this game. Yeah, because they said Miller was interfering with, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was like a 50-50. In yeah. my eyes, it was like it was kind of interference, but he's also kind of pushed by Siegenthaler. Yes, um, and Miller knew he was trying to get out of the the, the crease like this. <laughs> I it felt like he was trying to look like he was getting out of the crease. <laughs> yeah, somehow he still wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but the Canucks do start the uh, the second period with a goal, and it is just a shot from the point from Philip Ronick. Elias Patterson reaches out and tips that ba- uh, past to make it one nothing. That's his sixteenth of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Canucks just mm-hmm. turned it on from there, right? Again, this the lotto line doing some work uh, because next up uh, at, at a one goal game when the shots are 21 to six uh, <laughs> shot from the point again, uh, this time tipped in front and JT Miller just sort of skates into the rebound and it ends up going in the net to make it two nothing. And this is the one where the defenseman broke his foot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Blocked a, yeah, the, blocked a heroic sh- shot and then... <laughs> Poor guys. New Jersey clears the puck, but Demko's smart. I, you know, it's funny. Parker, I was watching this game at a pub, and I was yelling at uh, Dem because it wasn't a power play, right? So I was actually yelling nope. at Demko, why did you come out to play it? But he was smart. He wanted to catch, make it so New Jersey couldn't change. And sure enough, the lot of line gets out there and makes them pay. Yeah, of course. You're thinking like, hey, that's icing. Like, don't, yes. don't play that. Yes. But he, it's second period, right? It's a long change. Uh, Siegenthaler couldn't get off. Yeah, very cerebral yes. move. Um, from Demko, and then a minute later, uh, a minute later, I'm imagining it's the same shift. Um, nice little zone entry. Uh, Pedersen finds JT Miller cross ice for the one timer. Um, and he just again, great shot. Um, to make it three nothing. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, and and I'm not sure if you heard it on the broadcast, Parker, or you just noticed there's no Jack Hughes, there's no mm-hmm. Timo Meyer, there's no Dougie Hamilton, and that doesn't you still take these wins, but uh, yeah, especially in the 18 to five in the first period where we didn't score it, up until that point, the four minute mark of the second period, complete domination, complete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we go uh, a couple minutes later, uh, the other Miller, Colin Miller, uh, this is often icing. I believe uh, they, the Devils want to face off, play it back to the point, just a clean shot that gets through, double screen. Um, Colin Miller gets his first of the year. Cucks really like allowing first goals of the year uh, to players. So it's 3-1. Uh, yeah. And then as the period's about to end, uh, Eric Halla, they come in on essentially what's a three-on-three rush as Oman's back in time. But for some reason, Tyler Myers doesn't trust his D partner in Quinn Hughes and drifts all the way next to Quinn Hughes. And then Eric Hall is all by himself in the middle of the ice. Myers doesn't get there in time and the shot gets through. You even see, uh, you even see Hughes pointing to the guy coming down. I guess it was Halla, you or whoever, Brat. You see Hughes pointing to Myers to go check him and Myers ignores him and comes on his, his side. Ridiculous. 
yeah, it's it, that one is just such a silly error. Like, there's no, I, I don't get it. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense no. to me how, how you know, hey, there's, there's two guys over there. There's one guy over here. We have two guys over there already. <laughs> there's a guy in the middle of the ice. Like, it's just so easy to, to make that play and, and at least just get in the way. But uh, it's three two. Feeling a little scary. Last minute goal is always bad, right? It usually right. is demoralizing as you go to the intermission. Um, but Connor Garland says, no, no, we are fine. And he just takes the puck, skates in himself, uh, burns the defender out wide and just whips the wraparound um, through to make it four to two with 11 seconds left in the period. Yeah. And that, um, I don't know if all the devil's guys thought someone else was going to take him. Maybe they didn't think Garland had literally enough reach to, to do the wrap. And it was one of those wraparounds where you bank it off the, the goalie, not, like yeah. a pure clean one but still what wonderful hockey awareness and yeah it, i love what you said how uh, a goal in the last 30 seconds can really demoralize you but not if you score after that goal in the last 30 seconds yeah yeah no it was a, a great way to turn the vibes around i imagine going to the locker room um yeah you know in a period that you know the canucks again they were the better team they they outscore four to two in that period they're a great second period team uh and they take it to the third period and we have Elias Pettersson getting back on the board. Um, nice zone entry from the lotto line. Uh, Quinn Hughes leads the rush in, leaves for Besser. Uh, Miller just drives the net. And somehow, Elias Pettersson is all by himself in the slot, takes it off the backhand, slides it five hole, and makes it five to two. Yeah, it's too good. So good. Everything going in. It was, uh, yeah, th this is nice. You give the Canucks some breathing room, but. Again, I sound like a broken record. I don't know. Actually, I, I was worried today. I wasn't worried for this one, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colin Miller gets another one, just a shot from the point that beats Demko clean. Uh, yep. Nico Heischer, a couple minutes later, uh, tips one by. Uh, it's, again, a point shot that gets tipped. So all th or three of the goals coming on point shots, uh, three of the four. So it's 5-4 at this point, and it feels a lot like the Canucks versus Devils game from, what, a month ago? Yeah. Um, when uh yeah it was almost exactly a month before where the canucks were down five two brought it all the way back to five five and then lost it still in regulation um but the canucks hang on they survive and dakota joshua with one of the nicer empty net goals you'll see um takes it out to center plays to miller miller gives it back to him he doesn't shoot right away which he probably should have uh, yeah and then dodges the slide uh, spins off of Heischer and just sort of 360s it into the net uh, and uh, and ices it. That's a great point. They made it look a little bit more complicated than it needed to be. But yeah, I was I was impressed that Miller. Uh, no, I, I'm Miller is not a selfish player, so I wasn't surprised that he didn't shoot because uh, uh, padding his own stats. I I just thought he had a cleaner look than Joshua did. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so a, a good win for the Canucks, um, you know, against a, a pretty decent hockey team. Uh, and then they come into tonight uh, against a very, very good New York Rangers team. Uh, oh. Right. Like we're talking, yeah. you know, they've got 54 points coming into this. A win puts them at the top of the NHL, right? They're looking at that, yep. I'm sure. Um, yep. And the Canucks came in and uh, yeah, they allow the first goal. Uh, Trocek scores first in this one. This was just an ugly, scrambly play oh, that uh, on the power disaster. play, Susie clears one right off the goal line. Uh, and then Zibanejad goes for the slap pass back door. It hits 
um, is it Myers skate? No, it's Heronic skate yeah. to break the pass up. And so that would send it to the wall, but then it hits Demko's stick and goes to the next guy, which is Trocek, Trocek who puts it yeah. into the open net uh, oh. to make it one, nothing. And prior to that, Demko had lost. Yeah, exactly. He lost his stick. That's why I was sitting there in the crease there. I think Susie uh, uh, piled over him once uh, Joshua and Bluegrad, had no clue what they didn't, they didn't have no clue. They were losing battles. Yeah. That was a, that was a gong show. And that was yeah, what three and a half minutes in, right? Yeah. About that. Yeah. Um, but how yeah. about the Canucks answering quick, right? They put the lot of line out there. Uh, Brock Besser comes in with a 92 mile an hour slap shot. Um, <laughs> just to say hello to Igor Shesterkin. Uh, some fantastic battling on the wall from Elias Pettersson chips the puck down low. Uh, Besser goes in to put some pressure on. Hironic holds the line. Besser takes it back to the point, whips it down low for Pettersson. And just a quick one-touch sweep to JT Miller, who yeah. has just three feet of separation to get a quick shot off. I mean, it's a perfect bang-bang play. Uh, and Miller fires it past Shesterkin. Good selly on his part, too, uh, to make it 1-1. <laughs> So much skill, uh, Besser, uh, the right pace down that, down that wing, right, right. Keeping it in PD, not even have to gather it. That was such a skilled play. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect play. Yeah. Um, and then two minutes later, they add to it. Uh, and this mm. is, this is such a sweet goal because Hughes takes the pocket center, plays it in for uh, Lafferty who just sort of does a little chip or does, um, yeah. is that Oman? Uh, no, it was Lafferty. Lafferty yeah, just Lafferty. a little chip into Oman as he takes the check and it sort of results in a two on one. Uh, and then a really nice saucer pass from Oman over the stick of the defender. Uh, and Niels Hoaglander, bar down. No big deal from in tight beneath the hash marks over the yeah. shoulder of Shesterkin. That is a hard spot to hit from there. Oh, uh, yeah. But he's got the skill to do it. Yeah, and Pedersen um, on his assist. Hoaglander on that goal showing their skill. But it wasn't even their, their best plays of the night, which I know we're going to get to like in two minutes. But yeah, it was beautiful. And that was... um. Really nice way to erase very quickly that Rangers deficit instead of oh dragging to the second or third. Can we catch up? Nah, we like playing with the lead going to the third, so we're gonna go get it. And then I looked away for a little <laughs> bit, like as the period, like thirty seconds left in the period, I sort of like went up to grab a snack, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then how about this lotto line coming back out there? Uh, Besser plays it ahead. Patterson just a little stutter step at the blue line to freeze the defender as Besser drives through, sneaks mm -hmm. it through so he's in all alone. Little forehand backhand through Shesterkin to make it three one with only sixteen seconds to go. Yeah, and the one thing about this play that I, I had to watch in the replay to see um, when the Rangers cleared the puck, Parker Hughes basically you know how you kind of cradle the puck before it touches the ice he did that it came down he settled it with his with his stick before it even hit the ice puts it on the ice and in, in a second it's a bank pass to to pd who feathers it through it was it was so good they, they i just love how the Canucks show so much skill tonight in a game uh, against a very equally skilled team that's that's what was so good about tonight's win yeah, I've talked a lot about I, how I really like the play on the breakout where you just sort of hoist it to the far blue line. Uh, one, because it's really hard to prevent, right? Because it's up high, it's it's hard to stop. Um, but there's that real chance of when it lands at the opponent's blue line and the defenseman tries to pick it up, it's bouncing, it's on its edge, it's very hard to handle. Um, but yeah, like you said, Quinn Hughes handles it perfectly. Like right as it lands, he just gets a little piece of it to flatten it out. Uh, takes one yeah. step back with it, settles it down, and fires it up the wall uh, to Elias Pettersson. Uh, it's, yeah, the skill is unreal from this yeah, team. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a great start. And the, and the, I guess we'll get into this too. When it, it had a big game feel. The crowd was was loud. It was it was awesome. Mm. It was a great game to watch on TV for sure. Yeah, um, we'll go to the second period. So first period shots are thirteen to seven in favor of the Rangers, but mm. the PDO Kings, the Vancouver Canucks, score three <laughs> anyways on seven shots. Uh, then their next goal, the Canucks in the offensive zone making plays. Brock Besser. Tough pass to the point, gives it away. Uh, and then, yeah, Panarin or Lafreniere comes in, plays it to Panarin. It's sort of a pseudo two on one. And Demko gets really low, hunched over, maybe expecting the pass. And Artemi Panarin, the release that he has, right? He's so skilled, uh, just absolutely rips this off the back water bottle. Um, I mean, yeah. Demko was just too low to even have a chance to make that save. And Lafreniere, I know we'll talk about it too in the third Rangers goal. He he did a good job uh, of controlling the puck, gaining the line, and he's a smart player. He, he's no, he's not a bust. He, he's just he's going coming to his own right now, and he's uh yeah that was a really skilled play by him. I would like to see Demko make that save. I don't know why he was so low. Uh, I, I watched it a couple times. I it's easy for me to sit here and say he should have made that save, but um it was it was uh, unobstructed. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. T- too hard on him. Oh, I think you're on mute, Parker. That's bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. Lafreniere is good. He's, he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so a few minutes later, since so three, two Canucks do answer back a uh, nice little breakout. Hughes to Hronik plays it up to Pedersen. And it's just a three on two as they turn up ice. Uh, JT Miller's the puck true, but I'm assuming it's true, but based on the way he played this uh, just tries to fully step up and hit JT Miller. Uh, yeah. But he takes the hit to make a play, gets to Pedersen. So now it's a two on one. Uh, I believe it's Condor Miller then sells out to yes. break up, uh, break up Leaves Pedersen. And he just stutter steps back, um, hangs onto the puck, takes a quick shot. Good save by Shesterkin. But the hands of Elias Pedersen in tight to pull this to the backhand beneath the goal line. Shesterkin's skate is at the goal line. So there's no room here. Just pulls it all the way around to the forehand into the crease as he's getting knocked down and tucks it in a high, high, high skill goal. Yeah. Patterson. And he knows he might, he doesn't always behind him. If thank God it wasn't Truba Cause you're right. Truba stepped up and, and took out the forward, but imagine if it was Truba, like right to cross check him in the back, <laughs> yeah. as he's trying. but he had, it was Trocheck. So not as rough, but he knows that a guy's going to put the lumber in his back. So that, that was such a good play. It was such a good play. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. so smart. And that's what I said, right? Like, that's why I say he's, I just don't worry because yep. he's got the, he knows when he can do that. He's got the hands to do it when he's on. Uh, and then a minute later, Canucks add to their lead. A two goal oh. lead becomes a three goal lead. Really nice pinch uh, from the defenseman. Uh, and it results in Suter sort of all by himself in no man's land uh, on this play, just takes to the outside, cuts back and, the second defenseman commits to him as well, right? Pulls a Tyler Myers, gets sucked into to Pugh Suter, and Niels Hoaglander just sneaks his way in down the right wing. Nice little backhand pass, and Hoaglander uh, against Adam Fox, one of the better defenders in the NHL, yeah. a Norris winner, takes it, pulls it through the legs perfectly to the backhand, and normally guys try to go shelf here. He just does a quick sweep before Shesterkin can react, gets it five hole, and makes it five two. Yeah, I dare say, Parker, you add in the three goals, the third one by Besser from PD, the fourth one by PD, the fifth one from Hoaglander. I can't think of a, another th- three-goal stretch where all three goals were beautiful. 
like really beautiful. And you say, you actually appreciate how good these guys are. Yeah. I think you can call it four, right? I mean that, that Hoaglander shot. I think, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's right. So perfectly placed. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. The, the Canucks showed off a bit tonight, uh, on the national stage too. Right. If you, I, I, I went on Sportsnet to watch this game, that was the game on every Sportsnet channel tonight. Right. <laughs> so everyone across the country could have watched this game on Eastern time. Uh, and the Canucks put on a heck of a show. Yeah. Um, yep. Shots in the second period, much more even 15, 14 in favor of the Rangers. Uh, we go to the third period. Trocheck gets one back to make it five, three, just three and a half minutes into this game. Um, and this is one where they sort of just come in on a, on a three on two and he just beats Demko, uh, straight up, uh, one-on-one down the wing. Great shot. Um, yeah. couple of, couple of ones that Demko maybe should have had tonight. Yeah. I, when I saw this one, then I thought maybe this one, even more than the second one I thought he should have had, but th- these are world-class shooters. Obviously the Rangers have some really skilled players so it's fine it's fine whatever yeah whatever it, it, it was a little scary um because again the rangers dominated the play in the third period shots ended up being 14 to 5 um but late they've got the goalie pulled demko makes a couple of really nice pad saves uh and then they get the puck broken out it's sort of a two-on-one besser to petterson petterson hits the open net from the blue line yeah. uh, and it puts it on ice six to three can, uh can you pull that replay up again do you would you agree with me that besser actually had a shot because the um, the Rangers defender was already cheating. I think it was Fox was already cheating towards BD. I know yeah. BD was the better look, but if Besser faked the pass here instead of making it, yeah, Fox did fully turn. Yeah, um, yeah, he could have yeah. faked it, but he did have um, a man right on his back. Okay, fair um, enough. So fair I think the pass was the safer play. Okay, good, good. Yeah, it was awesome. I was so happy. Uh, this was an awesome game. Awesome. It was a fantastic game. And you just look at, you look at the box score, right? Pedersen, four points. Besser, <laughs> three points. Hoaglander gets two. Um, Philip Peronik gets two assists even. And you look at the plus minus, right? Uh, Pedersen, Besser, both plus threes. Miller's a plus two. Uh, you look at Horonic and Hughes, both plus fours on the night. And a big key for the night, right? Again, we say Demko gave up a couple that maybe he should have stopped because they were just really good shots that beat him. 929 on the night, right? Like it yeah, stops 34, yeah. 36 or sorry, 34, 36 at evens 39 and 42 total. Um, so yeah, totally fine night from Demko. And a big thing on the seven game road trip is that lead that the Canucks had allowed them to rest their defense, right? Um, yeah. top minute man up front, JT Miller, only 19 and a half minutes, uh, top minute man on D Quinn Hughes under 22 minutes on the night for a guy who normally plays 24, uh, or more. Uh, which is uh, nice to to spread the uh, the wealth around, especially with Susie back. Yeah, I yeah, great point. Great, I love the fact that we were able to uh, whether you call it rest or at least not uh, overtax any forward or any D, and it was against the best team in the East, arguably, right? The Rangers in Boston. I know we have a game tomorrow, so you have to think about that. Which so is it a no brainer? As good as Demko's being, it's got a, it's a DeSmith game tomorrow for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. faced, I mean, Demko faced 42 shots tonight. He's uh, he's getting a day off. <laughs> wow. So I will give you, now that we've gone through all four games, I will happily and humbly give you your props, three and one. And you nailed, you even nailed the one, which is impressive. Thank you. Um, yeah. We've got four Canucks games to preview again with this back-to-back. <laughs> and I want to talk about Patterson contract. And I want to talk about how the Canucks should trade for Claude Giroux. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, let's Two start. Two minutes max. 
Per let's game. start with Pedersen's next contract, right? Okay, let's do that. Uh, and this can be a pretty quick one. Uh, Willie Nylander signs for eight by 11 and a half. Yeah. Uh, do you think Elias Pedersen is more valuable than William Nylander? Yes. Yeah, uh, it's not very close. Uh, William Nylander, fantastic player. Uh, but yeah, they now have $45 million locked up between four players in Toronto, uh, which you just can't afford to do, right? Uh, you only have $40 million for the rest of your roster. Um, but yeah, Elias Pedersen, an RFA, uh, and an RFA who is not yet ready to negotiate a contract. Um, but look, the cap's going up next, you know, in the next couple of years. Um, and we came into this year saying, you know, Hey, if he wants, if he wants eight digits, if he wants $11 million, sign it and run. The weird thing is, you know, has he been fantastic this year enough to raise that value? I don't think so. But I think that Nylander contract might set the market a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we kind of knew uh, a lot of the talk around PD after did that Elliot Freeman interview on the boat in Sweden was, was yeah, waiting not only to see how the Canucks did, but how what other UFAs and RFAs were signing for. In essence, letting other players and agents set the market. And that's wise. That's wise because I don't think anyone, and I see it in the chat, a great discussion in the chat, but no one, no one takes Nylander over PD. So eleven point five. If you go eight, if you go eight, that's the thick key. Is the is the 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 floor now for sure? And I, I made a point, Parker. I'm not sure you saw it. Um, uh, I did a quick message in the chat. I learned from from a lot of people that it's AAV is one thing, but a lot of time, uh, and Sat Shaw makes this point all the time that it's about total value of the contract too. Um, so yeah, you look at twelve point five or twelve or whatever you want to talk about. But 12.5 times eight, if PD signs for eight, 100 million, like it, 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 that's a pretty big thing when you can say you're a 100 million dollar player. It sounds a lot better than a 92 million dollar player. I use as an example. So I don't know. I don't know if you think 12.5 times eight is too rich, or maybe we're not even going to get to eight. It's going to be a four or five, like a Matthews. Yeah, it's a lot. But <laughs> what's the alternative? Yeah. Right. These are the players you can't let go. You can't let them get away. Right. Um, when teams struggle, it's because, uh, like in the salary cap, it's because they overpay the bottom of the lineup, right? You look at the Ben right. you look at the Roussel contract, you look at the Tyler Myers contract, right? Um, he's not a star. He's making $6 million a year. Um, <laughs> you know, Jay Beagle and, and the like. Um, but now you have this roster where, hey, you're, you know, your, your bottom of the lineup guys are paid appropriately. Um, yeah. everyone's sort of paid appropriately barring Tyler Myers and Elias Pettersson is underpaid as an RFA. Brock Besser's mm -hmm. living up to his contract this year. Kuzmenko isn't, but that's a one-off. Connor Garland, I think is living up to that on that third line. Sure. Five million is a lot for third line player, but that line right. is absolutely dangerous. And you know, you couple that with Bluger making 2 million, um, and, and Joshua making under 1 million and suddenly, yeah, it's what a five, seven, $8 million third line. That's not crazy. Um, yep. Yep. it's high, but it's, it's not crazy for what you're getting out of it. Uh, and look at where this team is, right? I mean, you have Demko making $5 million a year. He's a, he's a $9 million goaltender right now. Uh, mm -hmm. you have Casey Smith mm -hmm. making one point as a backup. He's an easy $3 million backup. So when you can save all this money throughout the lineup, you know, it's, it's those top guys you can afford to pay, right? Connor yes. McDavid makes twelve and a half million dollars a year and he is severely underpaid, right? Right. Uh, right. Most models have him being worth like 16 to $17 million a year. And I have to imagine they have Pedersen in a similar boat. Um, so hmm. yeah, like what's the alternative? You let them go, you know, you, you trade them away. You, you know, you don't come out ahead on that, right? 
it's one thing if you're a team that is is struggling and you're you know bottom of the standings again and you're thinking okay well we just need to tear it down start over with a real rebuild um this team's first place in the western conference yeah yeah right, or second place sorry the jets are ahead of them second right. place in the western conference they are second place in the nhl in points mm -hmm. top of the league in goal differential this core mm -hmm. is working you know Get, if yep. Elias Pettersson, if you overpay Elias Pettersson by a million dollars per year, it doesn't yes. matter. Good point. And I, I love the point of uh, the reason why we have to sign him. And you, 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 you said it right. You're never going to get the proper value back. Usually, if you lose the best player in a trade, you lose the trade. And I, I just look at Matthew Kachuk. He was an RFA. Said, I'm not going to resign here. Okay, we'll trade you to Florida. Florida goes to the, the finals and Calgary's in shambles right now. Right? Yeah. Although Huberto was a star, he just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the the only way you you really win is if you you trade for you know you trade for another star, right? You need you need someone yeah. else in the exact same scenario, um, which yeah. Calgary and Florida had. Just somehow Huberto fell apart. Um, mm -hmm. I did ask the chat, would you pay Patterson twelve and a half million dollars for eight years? Oh yeah, uh, we had What'd seventy say? percent say yes, uh, thirty percent say no. Which wow. seventy thirty pretty good, um, and I think that's around the comfortable level, right? If it's thirteen, I'm starting to think, okay, like that's a ton of money. Yep. Um, but if they if they can pull a, a twelve, uh, and it, the big thing is eight years. I don't want I don't want to pay him twelve and a half million for five years. You know, I don't want right. to be having this discussion again when he's thirty, because when he's th or thirty one, because when he's thirty one, he's still gonna be a heck of a hockey player. Um, mm -hmm. You know, players decline in their early to mid thirties to late thirties stars usually don't as much um yeah. so yeah if, if that's what it takes to get him to stay that's what they should give him yeah it's it's interesting too this Nylander trade has a ripple effect on any of the rfas ufas but it also has a ripple effect on the the maple leafs too because tavares and marner i know two of the big three are are up um for ufa status next year for the maple leafs too so wow it was a it was a it was a rim rocker for sure it was a shocker yeah Absolutely. Um, so that's Patterson in a nutshell. <laughs> Next thing I want to talk about is the trade deadline coming up. Because yep. if you look at, you know, this Canucks roster, let's start at the back, right? Start, let's start at goalie. Demko yep. Smith. Fantastic. fantastic. Good for the playoffs. You look at the defense right now. Hughes Hronick, Susie Myers, Zadorov Cole. Is it fantastic? No, but is it middling? at worst i would say right it's a it's a middle of the pack d um where you know adding to it would be nice but you need to add some real top end talent to actually make a difference right adding a second pair defenseman i don't think does very much here um because you're just bumping zadorov out and adding a second pair defenseman and zadorov's kind of right. close to a second pair defenseman anyways maybe you're bumping myers out and trading him uh which might be an improvement uh, and maybe you can do some cap work there but i don't think it makes a, a vast improvement Although maybe it does. And then maybe yeah. I'm just biased because I like scoring. Um, <laughs> but if we go and look at how the lotto line is played, and it's two game sample size, you know, it's, right. it's, but if you take into account the sample size of the first 38 games of the season and how Elias Pettersson has struggled without skilled teammates, skilled line mates, right? Uh, and sure, Kuzmenko and Mikheyev, it's not like they're unskilled, but they're not at his level, right? Guys like That's JT fair. Miller are a lot closer to his level and, and Brock Besser this year has been as well. And, and Brock Besser, the, the intelligence he has in his game, I, I think makes him at, at a similar level. 
um, mm-hmm. at least when he's playing with him. Um, you look at this lineup and there is a single hole on the forward front. You have a fantastic top line of Pedersen, Miller, and Besser. You have one of the best third lines in the league of Joshua Bluger and Garland. Mm-hmm. You have a totally respectable fourth line of Hoaglander, Oman, and Lafferty, <laughs> right? I mean, you're talking about a Niels Hoaglander's on pace for like 25 goals this year, right? Like yep. he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been scratched five games or whatever it's been. Um, that second line, though, you have Ilya Mikheyev and Andre Kuzmenko as your wingers. Mm-hmm. Sold, right? That's a good second line wing pair. It's that hole in the middle. It's that Puce Suter hole in the middle. Do I have anything against Puce Suter? Absolutely not. He's a very good bottom six center uh, who's got a little bit of skill upside and can score every once in a while, like we saw uh, a couple nights ago. Right. But if the Canucks can go out, and it won't be cheap, but if the Canucks can go out and add a number two center, we suddenly have a lineup of the lot of line up front, Mikheyev and Kuzmenko with insert 2C here. And if it's a guy like Claude Giroux, I, I, I'd be stoked. Your third line you keep together, Joshua Bluger Garland, because they've had great chemistry. And then your fourth line becomes Niels Hoaglander, Sam Lafferty, and Pew Suter. And mm-hmm. suddenly you are talking about a forward group that has a lot of depth because someone gets hurt. You have Niels Oman um, at the ready. You have a guy like Linus Carlson who can step in. You'll have Phil DiGiuseppe uh, once he's healthy again. Um, that becomes such a formidable group, especially the way they've been playing, um, that I would absolutely love it if the Canucks went that route. So you, um, I was just looking up. I couldn't find Claude Giroux on the list that I was going to impress you with because I realized he's got another year right on his contract. He's a two oh, years. He? Not he, he's yeah. He's not a UFA, which is fine. So he's six and a half million, but for next season as well. And that's mm. that's a pretty reasonable contract for a guy who's been a point per game essentially his entire career, right? Sure. Last year, sure. last year he put up seventy nine points. This year he's at yep. thirty one in thirty five games. Right, he's on a seventy point pace. Um, and I think that sort of veteran presence, I, I doesn't have to be Giroux, right? It's just an example sure, sure. that came to me because Otto has yep. been bad, and I could see him, you know, wanting to go to a, a competitor. Um, right. Yeah, adding adding a two C, I think, especially a good one, um, yep. could be a, a real difference maker. By the way, two hundred seventy five people in here. That's pretty big. Thanks everyone. Like the video while you're here. That's that's massive. Okay, uh, here's, here's by the way, we just hit seventeen hundred. So let's get those numbers up. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, really quickly, if we presume a second line center should get uh, 0.5 points per game, just work with me here, right? 0.5 points per game. Yeah, okay. at the at the at the lower middle. middle end, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so here are the UFAs. Okay, guys that are on UFA contracts that are centers that, um, yeah, that are over 0.5 points per game. Thomas Novak of Nashville, he's 27. Elias Lindholm, who's 29 in Calgary. Teddy Bluger, <laughs> who has 0.6 points per game. Max Domi, Sean Monahan, Jonathan Drouin, and Chandler Stevenson. So only seven guys, and we have one of them. So six guys Novak, Lindholm, Domi, Monahan, Drouin, or Stevenson. Do you like? all ranging from anywhere from 800 grand to 5 million. Do you like any of them? I I'm interested in Lindholm. Yeah. Um, my worry is the price might be a bit high and I don't love Elias Lindholm. Um, I mean, yeah, he was a point per game player a couple, couple seasons, right? Uh, 2022, he had 82 points, uh, 2019, he had 78 points in 81 games. Um, so he's got, he's, he's a good player. 
Um, yeah. I think I saw that the rumor might be first, second, and prospect, which feels a little rich. Ugh. I don't want to um, do that. And especially in division, that might be a tougher get. Although, you know, they did they did trade for Zadorov from Calgary, and, and maybe there's something yeah. to that. But um, my fear is if you have to pay more to get a guy who's in division for the same yeah. value or similar value, you can go elsewhere and, and save some money. Um, but yeah, only a four, eight, five million dollar cap at the Canucks could make, you know, find a way to squeeze yeah. that in. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, definitely an interesting one. How about Bluger? <laughs> Cause he's, he's the third highest uh, UFA scoring center right now. Uh, <laughs> Bluger, uh, goes up to the second line. You put Suter in there. No, that's not. That's no, not you can't. You no, just can't yeah. mess with that third line right now. Um, yeah. they're just playing so so well. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, Sean Monahan's a name that's out there. Um, yeah. Boring Sean Monahan. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's a half point a game guy essentially. Yeah. Um, Adam Henrique could be a name that's Ooh. available. Uh, obviously for the Ducks, he's a UFA coming up. Mm. Uh, and he's you know 33 years old. I'm sure he'd love to play for a decent team. He's a, he's got 20 yeah. points this year. He's doing just fine. He's point away from 500 his career um and that's really it for centers uh in sort of the top lists that i've seen um yeah. Uh, but yeah definitely you know i i don't know if a guy like henrique would be super expensive uh he's never had that like peak that uh, monahan or lindholm have had right uh he's right. You know, he's topped out as a 50 point guy um you know maybe he's a bit cheaper to get and and could be a, a pretty solid 2c Man, you know who else is on that list? I stopped uh, if I kept going to point five points per game. Former Canucks, Jason Dickinson and Travis Boyd. <laughs> well, Jason Dickinson is the best player on the Chicago Blackhawks right now. <laughs> oh, too good. Too good. Wow. Okay. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm, as I see the Canucks knock off a, a powerhouse like the Rangers, I'm more convinced. I, uh, I was talking about this on Connects After Dark with Rob, the hockey guy. He he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't commit to going all in, like you know, and all in to me sounds like trading, like you said, draft picks and prospects. But yeah, this this management has shown a, an aptitude for making smart hockey trades, and and um, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to be honest with you to see what they do. Yeah, I'm excited to like. I'm I'm ready. I, you know, 20 games of the season, I said, let's wait till we get to halfway through the season. Yeah. And they have, you know, they're, hey, they're still, you know, we're here. Yeah. Second place in the West behind the Jets, who've been fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, you're competing with teams like Vegas and LA. Um, you know, the Oilers are trying to make a push. They've won seven in a row, but, you know, the Canucks just keep fighting off. And they are, you know, this is a, this is a team that is, especially these last four games, barring the St. Louis game six goals in each game good goaltending across the board yeah i mean yeah we still have what a month and a bit what's what's trade deadline like late february two this year yeah it's start of march it's two months is it really it's march crazy. 8th wow it's so you two months today um yeah so 31 days and 21 day february so 60 days away um yeah. from the trade deadline um it's a lot of time you know are the what how many games are the Canucks gonna have played by then like 67 is it, <laughs> yeah, like that weird. late in the season. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to hold off that long, you can, right. You have that luxury of seeing like, Hey, are we still going to be first in the Pacific 
in two months, right? You can theoretically wait that long, um, but you probably want to build a bit of chemistry um, and make that move a little bit earlier. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's fantastic to be in this position to have these conversations. Good. Good. Love it. Love it. I'm excited. So we got like three minutes to go through four games. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, do it. absolutely. And it starts tomorrow. Quick turnaround for the Canucks going over to Brooklyn to play the Islanders. Um, 4.30 start. Um, so the Islanders have been, uh, again, you know, a team that uh, is the overtime loss machine. They're in a playoff spot now uh, at 18, 11, and 10. Uh, they've only won 18 games, um, which is the second least in the Metro division, but all those overtime losses have really added up. Um, right. Hey, I'm, Hey, I'm fine with beating them in overtime. Yeah, me, me too. I, it, that, that was the game that, that uh, the one where Miller sent Hughes on that breakaway, right. In OT and we were debating whether or not yep. that was Horvat's fault or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which it was because it's yes. funnier that way. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I, I, we'll save up our predictions because we got the Columbus ones. Okay, so the Islanders. Okay, okay, I, I I see that. Yep. And then Thursday we got the Penguins, uh, who are again twenty fifteen and four, which is like oh they're five games above five hundred. They're second to last in the Metro. What a weird um, division. What a weird. Division. It is a weird division. Um, they've been playing okay. I mean, they're seven two and one their last ten. They've been playing pretty strong. Um, maybe due for a couple losses here. Um. So that'll be a tougher opponent on Thursday. And then we have the weird one Saturday against the Sabres at one o'clock our time. Uh, and the Sabres are at the, you know, second to last in the Atlantic. They're not looking too, too great. And mm -hmm. then the Blue Jackets on Monday, the 15th, which is, again, we'll be back here for Canucks after dark on Monday, the 15th. This game's at 10 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> I, it's crazy. Is it President's Day? A Martin Luther King Day. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so they're bottom of the metro, second to last in the east. Um, won three of their last 10, uh, 13, 19, and 9. This should be a game that the Canucks, again, a weird time, so it feels like a trap game. Um, but it should be one the Canucks finish off nicely. And that'll be the end of their road trip, right? Leave everything out there because you got two days of rest, two and a half days, really, uh, before your flight home. Yeah, that Buffalo one, I remember at the start of the season, Parker, I was thinking Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa, they're all kind of intriguing teams that people are saying could be sleepers, and only Detroit has held up their end of the bargain uh, of those mm -hmm. three teams. Buffalo stinks and Ottawa stinks, and then we have a team that even stinks anymore in Columbus. So, okay, so so two things working. Now, we got to predict the next four, but I can't, I, I have to keep, you don't have to, but I'm going to keep in mind my original prediction of the road trip as well. So, I said the Canucks would go four, two, and one on the trip, correct? And they are right so. now, they're right now two and one. So if I was to stick with mine, I think the Canucks go two, one, and one in these next four. Yeah. And I think I said the Canucks go five and two on the road yeah. trip. And they're and you got two, and oh. two and oh. Two and oh. Yeah. So, sorry. Two and oh. Yeah. So they no, would three. go two and one, three. two and one, two and one. Two and one. We lost the same so, list. Yeah. So they would go three and one. And that would be my prediction anyways. You know, I'm looking at this and I, I think uh, the Islanders will be tough. I think the Penguins will be tough-ish. Uh, I think they win one of those, lose one of those, and they beat the Sabres and the Blue Jackets. Okay. I say 2-1-1. One, and one. Somehow they lose against Pittsburgh and tomorrow night's an over uh, an extra time loss. Uh, that's a terrible call. The Islanders are not good in OT. 
<laughs> you got to play that's the true. trends here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why I keep getting it wrong. By the way, Fangirl is asking them why the Canucks play Sunday, March 31st. That's because it's a Sunday. Um, they they do one or two early games, and really they market around kids and stuff like that. So that's probably why they have that early game on that Sunday as opposed to a, a national holiday like, like this one uh, on Monday yep. for Columbus. Yeah. Good question. And what sucks is the week after this one we just talked about, Monday, January 22nd, the Canucks play all these Monday games in a row. Yeah, um, weird. A night, that, a night that we won't be able to do Canucks after dark because I'll be I'll be away. Um, mm. I'll be in Chicago while the Blackhawks play here and Bedard won't even be playing. So yeah. that is, uh, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I, that game I'm still going to, but it works out because yeah, like we said, no show that night. We'll figure out what we're doing, but at least next Monday, We'll have a big show, although it, uh, yeah, maybe we're talking about a, an amazing road trip and how we're number one in the league again. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely that potential. Um, yep. yeah. Great start. Uh, great week for the Canucks three and one. Um, you know, Hey, if they go three and one every week, we've got no complaints over here. Once again, the top team in goal differential, the top team in the Pacific second place in the West second place in the NHL. Uh, Love it. Love all those things. And a lot of lines back. Absolutely. At least for the next couple games. <laughs> yeah. Probably maybe. I, yeah, until they lose. Till they lose right. one. They'll stay together. Right. And then oh, you gotta switch something up. You gotta get PDG back. Oh, PDG's out, but you gotta you gotta get no Juleson back in the lineup. Take Ian Cole yeah. out. I don't know. Yeah. Um it'll be good. Either way, uh folks, thank you so much for joining. We hit like two seventy five or something along those lines. We're still two hundred sixty people in here. While you are here, make sure you're subscribed so you come here next time. Hit that notification bell. If you missed any part of the show, which I know a lot of you did because the numbers went up throughout the whole show, uh, <laughs> you can rewind back to the beginning if you'd like, uh, or it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of fifteen minutes or so. Just search Canucks After Dark, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. Uh, search for it. Uh, you've got our entire archive of. You know, two and a half years of us doing this on there. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter. Just search Parker's Pucks. You can find Clay on YouTube and Twitter. Just search Canuck Clay. Very, very easy. Clay, any parting words this fine Monday evening? I'm just in a happy place, Parker. I'm in a happy place. I'm, I'm my, my next course doesn't start to next week, so I'm enjoying these four Canucks games this week, uh, Doing making content here with you. Um, game over, so... It's good. Life's good. Canucks are good, even though I, I don't get too sad when they're losing, but I get really happy when they win. How's that? Yeah, I think things that's are great. fair. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. The, the Seahawks got knocked out yesterday. I didn't even care that much. I like, yeah, the Canucks are good. I was, I was thinking about you, though, as, as they... <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, very quickly. Do you think the Seahawks knew that the Packers yes. had won even be, even before they announced it in their in yeah. stadium? Well, they knew already. Okay, They would know. Yeah, they'd have that. They'd have that dialed up. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, folks... Thank you all so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week. Hopefully the Canucks have a fantastic week and win four games. Uh, and we will see you here next Monday night, 10 p.m., same place. Again, make sure you subscribe, notifications on, uh, and have a fantastic week.